Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. There's something about a private pilot that comes to you and says, hey, I finished up my certificate in like 42 hours. And yet you look at them and they're an awesome pilot and you think, where did I go wrong? Hey everyone, Jason Shabbert here of M0A.com and that's the topic I'm going to discuss today. What I believe some of the most successful private pilots all have in common. This episode today is brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, Ground School Academy. Check it out. Consider becoming an online ground school member today. Weekly workshop webinars, monthly mock check rides, over 400 private pilot related videos, even more for instrument and now commercial pilot. It isn't the number one rated online ground school for nothing. Go check it out for yourself. Pass your check ride or I'll pay for it. Probably the craziest guarantee in the industry. Let's chat about this idea, though. How do we run into these private pilots, brand spanking new private pilots, that finish in 40 hours, 50 hours? I mean, I've been working with students before. Uh, Matt, who works for us, maybe some of you have dealt with Matt in our support uh, ticket software. Way back when he was doing his private pilot, I can think of a few others offhand that are these statistical anomalies in one sense that, geez, how'd you finish in 42 hours? I remember I had a student, his name was Casey, and I kid you not, his flight down, now we're based in Ocala, we have to fly down to Winter Haven, which is about a 70 mile flight for a check ride. There's just no check ride examiners um, all that close. So we'd have to fly down, it's about an hour flight, and literally Casey was ready for his private pilot check ride and his 40th flight hour to meet that FAA requirement, that FAA minimum, was the flight down to Winter Haven for his check ride. So literally, I had to have everything in IACRA, his 8710 form, that last minute paperwork, as filled out as possible. And as soon as we got there, I noted the Hobbs time, hopped on the internet real quick, and finished up all his paperwork. And I believe it was like 40.1, 40.2 hours. And the examiner was just blown away. Yet to that examiner, I've personally brought three, four, five students in that boat, in the under 50 hours. I've seen so many of our online ground school members in those same shoes going, Jason, I got 45 hours and I'm, I'm taking a check ride tomorrow. And yet I hear horror stories of some people who say, Jason, I'm, I'm a 120 hour student pilot. What's wrong? And what I've done is I've interacted with these individuals so much to really find the common threads. I'm going to share with you five common threads that these low-time private pilots all have in common. And these are successful low-time private pilots. I'm not talking they have 40 hours and they're just like super dangerous and I, I worry about them. No, not in the least bit. These are pilots that I would gladly fly with and and sit back and let them be pilot in command. These are individuals who are ready to not only meet ACS guidelines, but certainly exceed them. And they have these five common things 
amongst themselves here. The first one is this. You've heard me say it a million times, but usually if you hear someone say something over and over and over, it tells you it's important. They get their ground school done first. Maybe you are on the fence. You're thinking, gosh, I know I want to start this private pilot training here soon. Uh, but what can I be doing in the meantime? You can be, really, you can be knocking out all five of these things, really four and a half of them. One does require a little bit of flying. But most of the things I'm going to talk about are all action items you can take before you even start your certificate. It's to get that ground school complete first. Knock out the ground school and get it done. Because it leads you to the second thing, which is getting your written tests done before flying. The common item that all these guys had was, I kid you not, not only did they all have in common under 50 hours showing up to their check ride, they had a 90% and above on the written test. How is it? Maybe you say, oh, they're savants. They're, they're some sort of geniuses. I mean, that's why they finished under 50 hours. They all got a 90% and above. One had a perfect score, 100%. In my, you know, dozens, dozen years of flying here as a flight instructor, I've seen 500% before. I, it, they don't come all that often. You are a rare bird to get 100% on the written test. But all these guys and gals got 90% and above. That's still two, three incorrect. That's still pretty good. But they get their written tests done before they start flying. And they prep for their written tests differently. You see, when you can put all your focus in your ground studies, when you can put your focus in groundwork and written test prep before you head up into the airplane, it does you good. Here's why. It's very hard to balance my ground studies, my written test prep, and my flying. And by the way, I still have a nine to five job and a family to take care of and spend time with. Flying is time consuming. It's like taking on another job. It is unlike any other hobby because it does demand your time and it demands a little bit from the wallet as well. It can be a stressful hobby if you are not prepared for it. And this is why I'm giving you some tips, some advice on how we can prepare for it. Get that written test done. Because if you're listening to this podcast and you've already done your written test, you're gonna nod your head in agreement when I say this, that how you prep for the written test is totally different from how you prep for the check ride. And you're also gonna realize that how you prep for the written test and how you actually fly the airplane are two totally different things. Now the FAA is working to get the written test more uh, scenario-based, give you some situations and some scenarios to work through, but the written test is its own little beast in a way. It's truly its own thing. And I try to, in our FAA written test prep bootcamp, which is a part of our online ground school, I try to give the written test as much real world applicability as I can. But even that sometimes is hard on some of these questions we get. In fact, if you ask Matt, who's our online ground school manager here and handles a lot of our online ground school members' uh, support tickets and questions and emails and phone calls, 
probably, I would say, a good portion of his day is spent explaining FAA verbiage on the written test to our ground school members. Because if you twist one word another way or take it another way, you're going to come up with a totally different answer on that FAA written test. It's as if they're trying to trick you, and unfortunately, in a way, they kind of are. So first one was to get a ground school complete first. Two was written tests done before flying. These guys, 90% and above on the written. It's huge. A 70s, the, the bare minimum, just getting by. That's passing. 70 and above. They're exceeding that greatly. The average is for private. It's in the 80s somewhere last I checked. 82, I want to say. Three is they get their FAA medical done. Now, I understand uh, the medical is going away. Let's let's talk in a future future tense that it's going to happen. I'm a big believer in using the proper tense that things are going to happen. Absolutely. But as of this recording, third class medical reform has not happened. So we still have an FAA medical. So you need to get that FAA medical done. Now, let me add something to this. And I wish I had the numbers all in front of me. So don't let me misquote this too bad. But we're getting to the point where soon we're going to have to have, I won't name dates, for some reason, April's in my mind, but also August. The two A months are in my mind. It's the first of one of those months, and I'll fact check this uh, here in a bit for you guys. But, and again, the FAA pushes dates back anyway, so it's not like throwing a date out is going to be all that important. But either way, if you haven't started your training yet, you might need to start considering and start thinking about you're going to have to get a hard plastic certificate here soon. So if you have to get this hard plastic certificate, which the FAA does say, oh, it's going to take three weeks to get. Well, trust me, they say three weeks, but it could take six. And you're going to need that hard plastic student pilot certificate to solo. So you need to start the medical process. You also need to start the submission for this hard plastic certificate, because if it takes six weeks, I can easily get a student sold in six weeks. I could, if they're a pilot like I'm reading out the list, these five items here, I could get a private pilot done in six weeks, no problem. Three weeks, truth be told, AOPA and Redbird did the one week to solo, where just one week of flying and sim time got students to solo. Why couldn't we do a private pilot certificate in three weeks? We could, but it's going to take you that long just to get it so you can solo. So I'd submit for that ahead of time. Just a little side rant there that wasn't in my notes, otherwise I had better facts there for you, but just something kind of hit me. So three is to get that medical done, and let's add to that, get that hard certificate done as well. Four is to chair fly. I actually just shot a YouTube video today on the importance of chair flying. Sitting down in whatever your big comfy chair is and practicing your emergency procedures saying them out loud. If my engine quits, I run through my ABCs for my emergency. A is for airspeed. B is for my best landing area. C is for my checklist. My checklist, which I know from memory, is fuel selector valve on both, mixture rich, throttle, make sure nothing's crazy there, car heat on, working my way all the way across, primers in and locked, ignition, try to restart it again. It doesn't start going to my transponder 7700. Mayday, mayday, mayday. This is so-and-so. I've got a problem. And communicate on really any frequency that'll listen to me, preferably one that has an air traffic controller. I wouldn't be able to tell you that without the power of chair flying. I've chair flown that so much that it is ingrained in me. Chair flying is so very important. And five, and I could argue that this is the most important, is to come to your lessons prepared. 
It's so important to have a proper pre-flight and post-flight briefing. I've done, go back a few episodes, I've done this on episodes before. But a pre- and post-flight briefing is only good if you, the student, come to that lesson prepared. Prepared with your ground studies done for that lesson. You see, just because you start your flight training, the studying doesn't stop. You've completed a ground school, great. You've knocked out the written test, awesome. But now as you come to each lesson and your CFI, your certificated flight instructor comes to you and says, tomorrow we're doing steep turns, slow flight, and stalls. It would behoove you greatly to go back into your ground school studies and go, okay, I'm going to watch Jason's videos on steep turns, slow flight, and stalls to get more proficient, to update that knowledge base because the principle of disuse sneaks in with that. The five things that I know from research, from living it, that all successful private pilots, and, and trust me, we can... Let's not put an hour, maybe I'm wording this incorrectly, let's not put an hour cap on a successful private pilot. I think if you earn your private pilot certificate, you are a successful private pilot. Maybe I should reword this, what all private pilots who earn their certificate in 50 hours or less have in common. I would do that, but that's probably way too long of a title for iTunes, let's say. Plus, it's not nearly as compelling from a marketing standpoint. That's really what this should be called because you earn your private pilot certificate, you're successful. But what the top tier have in common are they get their ground school done first, they get their written done before flying, they get their medical done, and as the hard student pilot certificates come out, they're going to get those ordered and earned and start the background check process and all that. They chair fly and they come to their lessons prepared. I just read off to you what my, who my dream student is. You want to be a dream student for your CFI? Accomplish these five things. You will be a joy to work with. Guys, it's been a joy having you here. It's been a joy having you listen to this. Thank you so much for making this the number one flight training podcast in iTunes. I couldn't do it without you guys. I hope you love this podcast. I hope you love our YouTube channel, our emails, what we do on social media. You can find us on all major social media sources, Facebook, Twitter. I'm on Snapchat as Jason Shepard. We're on Anchor now, which is a new one, audio-based. And I actually was just on Anchor before recording this podcast. Um, Anchor's relatively new. It's just on iPhone or on Apple now. It'll be out on Android here soon. But we're, we are where you're at in your social spheres as well. So find us there. We look forward to chat with you more. I'll be seeing you guys. I'll be out at Mod Arrow in Texas in a few weeks. I'll be at Sun and Fun Oshkosh. We're planning a good pilot tour. We are coming to a city near you with a great new seminar and also bringing the movie along as well for two nights of aviation fun. So be watching for that. Perhaps you have a venue you'd like to uh, have us speak in a great uh, FBO conference room that can seat 100 people or more. Uh, we would love to make that happen. Reach out to us. Guys, enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Thanks so much, guys. See ya.